and welcome. It's yet another A Star to Steer Her By, your Woo! favorite Star Trek podcast. Obviously. <clears throat> We're on episode number, is it 280? Is that what we decided? Yep. Oh, it, it seems too large. I'm pretty so sure it Numbers just wrong. decided that. Numbers <laughs> decided that this is episode 280. <laughs> Woo. 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 You know it. This is Ames. That was deplorable. (laughs) This is Jake. This is Krish. But do I have an ulterior motive? And Liz! (gasps) And Liz is here! Liz! It's a special day here on A Star to Steer Her By doing more of The Voyager. Uh, We're wrapping up season four of The Voyager and looking into the next bit of episode season five. Ooh. All of these are words coming out of my mouth. I was going to say, Ames, you're introducing like you're me. What's going on? I'm doing great. I'm doing my best Jake impression. Your best is great. Say fisting. All right, so we're going to start off with hope and fear. (laughs) And then we're going to look at the episode night. So let's dive in. Season finale of season four, Hope and Fear. What? Is this love and marriage? But hope and fear? that, That song you play on the piano. Heart and soul? That's hard and soul. Hot cross buns. Open fear. Fuck yourself. Whoa, yeah, that's how it goes. That great old timey song that we all remember. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Neat. So we start off Hope and Fear. We're playing Velocity in the in the hollow deck. Janeway is schooling Seven on how intuition sometimes works if you're a human, and you're gonna be more human every day, Seven, so Intuition's gonna be fun for you. End end of scene. Meanwhile, let's bounce out and check out. Oh, we have a new friend that Neelix brought on board, who we promised to give a lift. He's paying our lift app apparently to go over the next star system. This guy is Arturus. He apparently can know like every single language that exists by listening to like five words of it, which seems implausible to me. But we'll get back to it. And Janeway, who's been trying for. Five months now to decode that message. Remember the message from Hunters and Message in a Bottle that we got from that relay? They remembered it exists. Holy shit, I wasn't expecting it to come back. And Janeway is still failing at unencrypting it, and she asks Arturus, you're really good at spoken language. How are you at digital language and and deciphering codes and just doing a whole Alan Turing thing? And he says, I'll try. And he does it. And he's like, here's your message. Here's what it was. And it's some coordinates coordinates to somewhere over here in the Delta Quadrant. And they're like, let's go over there. But everyone, you know, keep your keep your eyes out for bullshit because we don't know what the fuck is going on. And they go to the coordinates and they find a shiny, shiny ship that we discussed in one of our blog activities, the USS Dauntless. And it's here in the Delta yeah. Quadrant because it can use a quantum slipstream technology MacGuffin to get out here from the Alpha Quadrant in all of like three months. And they're like, damn, that's pretty good. They hop on it. It gives them. It automatically gives Tom a, t- a little test drive on its own, which was kind of creepy. And they're like, "Oh yeah, this thing goes super fast using the slipstream thing. Let's see if we can just move the technology to the Voyager because we don't want to lose Voyager. Voyager's our home. We love the Voyager. It's so cute, like a little spoon with its flappy, flappy nose. 
creepy as it flies through the air. It really does. I hear it in the theme song. (laughs) And they're not doing well with that. And they're still trying to learn about the tech on the Dauntless. But everyone's kind of expecting, like, this could be good. We're all ready to move over to the Dauntless once Janeway gives the final thumbs up. And we'll just take three months to get home and we'll be done with all of Voyager. But Janeway figures some things out when she's continuing to look at that encoded message from Starfleet. Because she won't give up on, like, the last two seconds of the message that Arturus has told us is fucking broken. But Janeway, after having a cute little conversation with Seven about how Seven doesn't want to come back to the, the Alpha Quadrant, and Janeway's like, that's because you're scared of people, and Seven's like, no, I'm not, shut up. You're scared of people. But then, ding, the message has unencoded, and it's that Admiral dude whose name I didn't write down. You Hayes. didn't write the Hayes. Ad- Thank you. I don't know what happened. I'm like clutching my pearls. He, he, was, he wasn't highlighted in Memory Alpha, so I didn't get him. He's saying like, oh yeah, sorry, there's nothing we can do. And, you know, we don't have any ships called the Dauntless at all. Exactly zero of those. Good luck. <laughs> and Janeway says, I know what happened here. Everyone, Arturus is under arrest. But Arturus has figured this out because he's a fucking brain box. <laughs> Commandeers the Dauntless. Everyone except Janeway and Seven beam away, and Arturus gives his tearful backstory of revenge that his people hadn't been assimilated by the Borg until Janeway allied with the Borg and stopped Species 8472 from killing them. And Arturus blames Janeway specifically for his race getting assimilated after the fact, which Seven would know nothing about because she's left the Borg since then, so she didn't know. And Arturus is a dick, and he's like, we're going to take the Dauntless back to my planet, which is now Borg space. And we're all, including me, because fuck it, gonna get us our asses assimilated. Yeah. And Janeway and Seven break out of a brig and they're like, haha, we're actually gonna try not to do that because that would suck <laughs> quite a lot. Voyager, meanwhile, has installed... Uh, installed. Installed. They did that. Installed their own slipstream drive, which is barely working even at all. Torres is like piecing it together with with chewing gum and packing tape. Really MacGyver in that shit. She used, she had to use all of her special engineering lab coat. <laughs> and that's why we never see it again. <laughs> she used up the last of its power on this one last mission. Yeah, and it flies in into the slipstream just long enough to catch up to the Dauntless and beam Seven and Janeway away as Janeway is like, well, sorry, Arturus. It was nice knowing you for a couple of minutes and nope, no, now, now you're going to get assimilated. We're sorry. Bye. <laughs> Spoilers, the slipstream we're never going to hear from again because it's not actually compatible with Voyager and We will definitely work. hear from it again. Damn it. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. Well, that's good then. Continuity. Uh, and then... <laughs> Janeway plays some more Velocity with Seven, and they're having a great time, and they're good. The end. Okay, I'm going to say, I feel like Arcturus kind of has a point, though. I I think he has the most legitimate point of of recent antagonists. Yeah, like, I feel like, yeah, your grievance is legit. But is he just as bad for doing a whole want to revenge on these people? Nah. No. We're talking about a whole species versus... A boat full of dickheads. Like I mean, this is this is uh, this this is what I liked about the set. The, the premise is that it's 
whenever whenever these sorts of like major events happen and you know compromises whatever you know you have these like like episodes like what happened with species um, eight four seven two yeah, yeah, yeah. three four what is it, it? it, 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 it eight five seven five eight I don't know whatever two four um, six zero oh, one <laughs> the uh, <laughs> 90210. Like, they're just sort of like, <laughs> well, I've made a hard decision. We're going to end on a philosophical note. I'm going to look thoughtfully out into space as we as the credits roll. And then we don't hear about it again. This is, like, this is a real, very real consequence of difficult diplomacy and hard decisions. Like, Janeway was, you know, like, the, the whole crew was faced with a real bad choice that where there was, nothing, there was no good outcome, like, purely good outcome. The best outcome was... We get these guys back to their back to their you know their universe or whatever, and we get we get something out of the Borg, and then the Borg leave us alone and continue on their way. Like yeah, they, yeah. You know, we don't get eaten by species eight four seven two. Yeah. For a little while, at least. Yeah. So like, yeah, the, the, uh, you know, when a war is going on, some other there are probably some other entities nearby who are at least like, have like he like he said have some vested interest in it going on, because that kept the Borg occupied. Whether that would have eventually spilled out into their space on, you know, uh, on its own, that's entirely possible. Maybe species... 8472. Yeah. <laughs> um, would, have, would have come to attack them at some point? Who knows? Like, they, they, it might have just, they might have just been fucked either way. Yeah. But as this was a direct, can, direct consequence. As far as I can tell, 8472 only ever wanted to kill Borg. I don't know if they ever attacked anyone non-Borg. I, mean, I don't think it was said that they did. Yeah, I don't think it was said but either. Who but knew at but the time? I, I have a sense that that they once the door was opened to the you know our galaxy, the non-liquid yeah, galaxy, that they were that they were basically like just gonna come and take it over and fuck shit up. Well, they did say they like wanted to like cleanse things, yeah. but then again, they may have once they realized like, oh, this was just the Borg being fuckers. No one but, else cares. I mean, the question is, maybe would they we'll have? leave. Well, that's it. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. But that's why I'm like not gonna completely condemn Arturus or Arturus. 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 Because like I'm like yeah, I can I can see where he's coming from. Plus, you know, let's not forget in the episode itself, even Chakotay was like, yeah, it seems dumb and bad. Yeah. <laughs> and Chakotay, he was blown off. Chakotay wanted to mutiny so hard, the mm. hardest he's ever wanted and to mutiny. He maybe kind of should have. Because like this, he seems... did when when Janeway was out. <laughs> but see, that's not mutinying. He was in charge of the ship. Mm. <laughs> He mutinied against himself. Sure. But either way, it's like, like I like to imagine that episode was over. You know, there's just a long pause. He goes, don't say it. What? I would never say I told you so, Captain. Never. <laughs> mm. And then he skips away whistling that like, doodaloo, 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 doodaloo. Yeah, I, I, uh. Because <laughs> it's naval. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think. I like to think this whole Artura situation is is sort of one of the good reasons for the Prime Directive to exist. Because, you know, I know it's not technically probably a Prime Directive situation here, but in meddling in the affairs of the Borg and in Species 8472, which Voyager was not involved in, right? Like, they, they were not a party to that conflict. They came across... Species 8472 by chance, but if they didn't, and then they involved themselves basically in the conflict. So, yeah, like the Artura situation is like a downstream consequence of yeah. staying, you know, yeah. going out of your lane. One of Trickle down fucktonomics. Yeah, Ooh, I like that. And like, so, yeah, and like, so not only do the Borg, you know, no longer have a, a predator, which is what 8472 kind of was. 
you know, now they also have even more sophisticated weapons that they wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah, and this, so I'm not going to jump ahead, but what I found interesting this week was that, you know, this is the first time in a while from any Trek we haven't had like a two-parter kind of season finale, season premiere, and yet the thematic connections between both are really interesting. They're both they're both episodes that kind of look backwards and like find you know like they found in in the fucking lost the word already the encrypted message, yeah, a thing that had been brought up before. They're yeah. like they're like acknowledging like this is a show with a with an actual through line. Yeah, but I had had thoughts about, you know, the Prime Directive as it relates to the next one, which someone mm. remind me when we get there. But yeah, I think there's... they. It's never... It's funny because it's not brought up directly in either episode, but it looms large, I think, in both, in different mm. ways. It uh, being the Prime Directive? Yeah. Okay, thank you. I also give them a little credit for not making this episode a two-parter with, yeah. with oh, a yeah. cliffhanger between seasons, because I think it would have gotten way too thin if they stretched it out. Like so many of their two-parters mm. do, where you feel like you made this a two-parter because you wanted a two-parter. Yep. This one, one and done. Yeah. Like, yeah. They like asked, that's all it needed. They asked the producers, can we just do a one-parter? And they're like, yeah, what? go ahead. We don't care. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of surprised, because I feel like... The producers just feel like that's just what you do they now. Want, yeah, they want that cliffhanger. But you know, honestly, I think this was worth it. Oh yeah, because I like I and you know they got Ray Wise. Yeah, uh, he was good. Phenomenal actor and uh, very good in this part. I didn't recognize him right away because I'm used to him being made of teeth. Yes. <laughs> For those at home, we previously saw him as a Mentokin and as mm-hmm. a uh, one of one of Red Foreman's henchmen in RoboCop. Father. Which ones are the Mentakins? That was the one with, where Bobby Hill... Was a proto-Vulcan. Was a proto-Vulcan. Who watches, Who watches the, watchers? the Watchers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah. And he's in... Just, he's OG! OG! You just look at his photo. He's a that guy. He's in fucking everything. Yeah, and he usually plays... Like, other than his his Mentakin role, I, I feel like I mostly recognize him as, like, an antagonist. Well, he's got mm-hmm. that, he's got that, like... Asshole in a suit, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, you feel like he gets stuck with that a lot just because he kind of looks the part. I'm sure he's been a gangster more than once. Mm. Sleazy businessman a bunch of times, probably. Oh, yeah, sleazy businessman. That's, he's, like like he's played the, the platonic ideal. Once. I could picture him That like sounds devil. right, actually, though. I don't know why. I'm trying to oh, remember. Shit. I feel like that's one of the things. He was Commissioner Gordon in the terrible Killing Joke film. No, he was. How unfortunate for him. But, yeah. He got money. But yeah, he did a great job on this show. Oh, he was, I think, in Reaper, maybe? Oh, yeah, that's right. I recognize him as the... He would play yeah, the, he was devil the devil okay. in, in Reaper, you're right. There's something else in Which was a, not a bad show. Never seen it, but he I feel was like all right. It was all right for like a mid-2000s sci- sci-fi type thing. Yeah. He was also in The Young and the Restless for a few years. Yeah, sure. But yeah, yeah no, I thought, I thought he was very good, He uh, especially when he had his old breakdown. Ray Wise does a great job period and also like they made his character like this kind of complex weird because he's Mm. brilliant Mm. like i said he apparently learns languages in 15 seconds by listening to say a sentence Mm. and how how does he does that mean he knows our slang does that mean he knows when jake is saying wrong words for things what was the right words God damn it, Arthur. If we say fisting, does he not bleed? No, wait. (laughs) I was actually really annoyed by this because... Not as often as you'd think. Yeah, I know. Um, Because he's like, yes, of course I know your language. I was listening to your Neelix talk. And I was like, there's no... Neelix is not speaking English. Yeah. I was really annoyed by this. 
I, I assumed, I assumed, he, under, I assumed he understood Neelix's language. Yeah, I thought so too. I didn't think he understood English. But I think he understood English after coming aboard Voyager. Yeah, we're talking to Tom. Or Tom speaks. He said English. I understood your language after. I don't know. No. I, it seemed to me that the the suggestion you're going to no, hurt no. me, aren't you, cat? This cat's going to hurt me. Um, <laughs> you me but you're it's still fine. petting him. So. I know. I love him. Sp- speaking of slang, though, oh, God, if he did learn, hurt me. If he did earn, learn English from Tom, I think we're all lucky he didn't go, you know, hang ten good buddies or something. <laughs> <laughs> met them. But yeah, no, I thought I thought that was an interesting character choice. I also think that what, what, the one thing that kind of confused me about this is that you know, he he knows everything about what happened with the Voyager and the Borg. Mm. <laughs> Oh, the cat God. is the snuggliest. I'm so happy. You know, like, how did he get all of this information about, like, the alliance with the Borg, that Voyager was responsible for taking out 8472? Like, how, how did he know all there's that? A, there's a grapevine in space. Is Everyone there? knows everything. He, he subscribes to the newsletter? The, Bo- the Borg Weekly? Yeah, well, uh, it was a couple seasons ago, there was somebody who, like, oh, yeah, we've heard of you. Yeah, Plus, it sounds like he's maybe been stalking them, possibly. Mm, well, he's definitely, yeah, definitely... Well, because he had he basically set up this whole scenario. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if like he's got some kind of cloaking technology they can't detect and has been just kind of hmm. trailing along. I mean, he, obviously they they must have slipstream technology. Yes, and some kind of crazy advanced something because he sent him a particle something or other about the Dauntless. Mm-hmm. I mean, he built a whole ass starship. Like, well, what's weird though is that he built the whole ass starship, but he didn't build like the computers to look like starship starfleet computers that was because they, they were just he like, built them to look evil and then put like a cover on no, top they're like holograms ridiculous. i mean I, I the only justification i can have for that aside from they wanted it to look evil when the turn happened was that you know it then became a uh an interface he was familiar mm. with Mm. So you'd be like, yeah, I, I want this to mostly be useful for me. Well, I was thinking it might actually have been one of his species ships that he like, like mm. did up to Mine. make it. Look, yeah, he like put new decals, new hull <laughs> on it or something to make yeah, it look starfleet. Yeah, okay, he probably modified at least a bit because it is a little. For all that the, the hull geometry yeah, is different, it's still is, is still is it's still a saucer and a couple in the cells. Yeah. yeah, but again, that could just be like that could be covered a up. cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. slipstream cover. Hey. Yeah. hey. Yeah, it's actually very ridiculous, because this episode, it must have gotten written up for some magazine or book or something. Star Trek action, it's called, with an exclamation point and all that. And this episode is, like, detailed furiously on Memory Alpha from mm. whatever this magazine or book was, so that it's got, just got every fucking... Like, changes from the original plot. It says what each original line for everything was supposed to be and oh, how wow. they changed. And, and or like, one of the one of the few details, because at some point I just started skimming this article because, Jesus Christ, it was way too much. But one of the things that they mentioned was the designer of the Dauntless basically had, had to, like, keep in mind it is a Star Trek looking, or Starfleet looking ship that has to turn into an alien looking ship. So what he did was he made those, that stretchy, like, rounded bridge mm. with all the stretched muslin panels so he could backlight them and change the colors. Oh, interesting. Because that's easier than using, like, building it out of wood and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it actually, like, aids in the, the transition effect. It was a fun bridge. Yeah, the bridge was cute. 
Their engineering section was interesting. I like the platform. Yeah. The, I, the plasma balls and bubble lights. Yeah, yeah. So the, that, that's the problem. I just, the first thing I saw was the fucking, as I put it, the sharper image lightning oh, ball. Oh, no. And that just was immediately just like, mmm, takes me out of it. Yeah, the, every time they use like, one of those sharper in image anything. Tech, well, even like inside the, um, the bubble light tubes, mm, yeah. there was like... What is a bubble light tube? You never seen bubble lights? Is it like a lava? It's a Christmas. It's a Christmas lights? ornament. It's like it's a they're they're awesome. I used to have them as a kid. They're they're my my sister has inherited my parents, so we still oh, have them. That's I, I'm sure my parents might still have them in a box somewhere. But yeah, they're like little tubes of colored liquid that are on top of a light bulb, and the light bulb heats the colored liquid, and when it gets to a certain temperature, it boils. Okay. And well, that sounds safe. They look like that. Oh, yeah, no, I've, ne- I've never seen these. Oh, they're really, they're, they're really, really cool. pretty. They're really, really pretty. I've never even they're heard a of this. Bitch to, as the person who used to have to fix them to the Christmas tree. Oh gosh. <laughs> you, in terms of balance and getting them oh, yeah, around the branch, heavy. you have to because the bottom they're they're heavy. Yeah, exactly. So they have a little clip on the bottom. You clip them so that they sit on top of the branch, and then you have to sort of keep them from just. Sort yeah. Of oh, good. The boiling liquid is directly on top mm. of yeah, the tree branch. I think this is great. I think there's a reason they don't. Make them anymore. Yeah, yeah. Just put it on my you, table. You might actually, they, they no, they actually they do make them, them now. They make Are them they again. Safer, well, yeah, probably. my sister got a new string. I don't yeah. think they we were get un- ever like unsafe. I think I think if I read once that like the way it works, it, it is it's just water, but it's held under a vacuum. It's under low pressure, Ooh, so wow. its boiling point is, is way low. Okay. We should get some. That sounds really pretty. I kind of want some. They're really cute. Bro, yeah, I can't. Cool. I just picture our cats murdering them so quickly. <laughs> I can't remember they, what any other cat is like. This is this is the Look only at cat. Him. He's like I literally can't believe this at all. He is <laughs> in baby pose. I don't know, oh. I'm, but I'm I'm not I'm oh. not moving at all. I have not moved. This is like the Pieta. Sure. <laughs> sounds delicious. Okay, so one one. A bit of annoyance, though, I do. Well, I have two bits of annoyance. One that is minor and one that I think is less minor. Minor one is, I will say, for all this episode is about calling back to an earlier event, it seems to ignore the fact that, for a few episodes anyway, Seven was working on trying to decode this. I thought the same thing. And Janeway yeah. was like, oh, maybe she'll have some bog algorithms. It's like, she she's, already tried. She's the only one we've seen working on this in the last most of this season. And suddenly yeah. Janeway's been at it for months, too, and it's like, why well, not? It must have... Must have been intended for an earlier in season. Yeah, mm, something. Or maybe Janeway had just been working on her spare time. You know? yeah, yeah. I just think I just think the writers forgot about mm. that Probably, and, and yeah. did not expect for it to come back up. Which is nope. why I do give them credit for bringing it back up. And this is where I'll tell you, like all of the original ideas, because boy, were there was there a story here? Because mm-hmm. you know they knew season finale. We've got to do something good or at least interesting. They wanted to do the um, the idea with the with the doppelgangers that we saw the other week in Demon. They wanted mm. those guys, but they didn't work out, and they said, eh, we'll do something else with them another time, and then they use them in Demon anyway. Shrug. So anyway, original idea for this. The Starfleet message, Janeway decodes. No Arturus at all. Check. And it teaches the crew how to make their own slipstream instead of giving them the Dauntless. And they go ahead and they enter the intergalactic highway of all these super advanced ships. And all these ships on the intergalactic highway are so advanced that they look like a buggy and, and horse by comparison. Mm. And then it's like, what exactly is the tension going to be here? And the writers didn't fucking know. They had two options. They had one. <laughs> they got into gridlock. Somebody got starrowed on the intergalactic highway. Also, I'm just picturing the scene in Finding Nemo when they're like on the slipstream with the mm. turtles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Ooh. 
That would be fun. Yeah, so the two options for how to how to do anything with this idea of the slipstream. Either they're on the slipstream and they're like, yeah, we'll get home in only a couple of months and this will be great, except that because of Seven's Borg technology, she's like wasting away and they're like, okay, we can't do this because it will hurt Seven. And for the good oh. of the one, Janeway says, we're not going to use the slipstream because it hurts Seven. Which is a little, sim- they said it was a little too similar to one, so they didn't do that. The other option is they do get into another battle with a ship in the slipstream. That the, the people on that ship abandon ship. Seven takes it over and is like, hey, hey everyone on the Voyager, come over here. We'll go home on this ship. Pirate industry. And Janeway's like, Seven, stop that. We're not doing whatever it is you're saying. We're doing, we're doing it the normal way on the Voyager. Take off that eye patch. Yo ho ho, individualism, bitch. <laughs> The eye patch would lock very neatly onto her. Right? Her it's just a, oh, one of those magnet ones that yeah. just go click. It'll look yeah. good. But then something would go wrong. They never quite finished going down this route. And, and they just realized that somehow Sevwin's going to get foiled and Janeway will save her because that's what she does. And they'll go back on the Voyager. Sure. So those those were their original ideas. Mm. Dumb, very dumb. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of there's something in there in the superhighway idea, just the, the idea that like there's all these civilizations that are far more advanced than anything we've seen, and just ignoring everyone else. Yeah, and they're just doing their thing. That's cool. And then like got their like, own prime directive. Yeah, they got their own prime directive. Yeah, they're just they totally you. ignoring <laughs> you know people that live in the in the corporeal uh, realm. Or That's whatever. actually where the Iconians have been this whole time. They didn't die out. They were just like yeah. fuck this. Well, it'd be interesting. I I think. There's an interesting missed opportunity to tell a story about who, whatever civilization built the relay network to begin true, with. Ooh, true, true. That I want to hear. Maybe Prodigy can cover that. I'm yeah. sure it's in a book. Like eight, eight books. <laughs> I said that earlier during the episode, didn't I? Didn't I say something like, oh, like it, it's in a book? I feel like I said something weird. Have... Don't. Oh, God. <laughs> um. He's, a, he's, he's so snuggly, but he's inches from turning on you. I know, oh, I know. He's going to put his paw over his eyes. Such a precious little murder machine. Okay, other thing that kind of bugged me, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like Janeway is the worst counselor. Go on. Like, Seven's still kind of in a weird place emotionally. Shouting at her isn't gonna help. Which scene are you referring to? When she's like... Oh, berating her for being afraid. It's like that's that's not how this works. You're a bad mother. Also, her being like, "Stop being a bad sport, bitch! I beat you." Well, <laughs> that was good. That that yeah. I liked. I also I also wonder if it's if that's the type of counseling that Seven would respond to versus mm. like I just like knowing Seven and knowing her personality. I don't know if she would take the the kind and gentle approach. Yeah, but I still, sometimes I'm just like, you You still don't get that you've, like, you're trying to deprogram a cult victim, and mm. you're, you're expecting this to resolve itself way too handily. You know what it is? I feel like, thinking, like trying to play back what I remember of it in my head, if you switch the genders, if you make them, if you make a conversation between between two men, I feel like this is, this is a scene we've seen before. Mm. This sort of, like, you have to face your fears. Yeah. No, I don't want to! Nut up, buttercup. Suck it up, pussy. But that's toxic, too! Of yeah. course it is. <laughs> So I think I think it's it's just a jarring effect that they that this is you know this is the kind of kind of scene they're like we're used to like they're used to writing mm. for this kind of for this kind of story arc between these two characters except this time for once 
it's two women. It just doesn't happen because patriarchy or whatever. So now, like, this is, like, the sort of awkward growth spurt. Yeah. Of, like, we made some progress in one aspect in the scene. The other aspect is they're still working on, and that's the it's actual also, nature of the interaction. It's also because literally no one on any Star Trek writing staff has ever understood good therapy. All no, their therapy no, no. is written so badly. Like, these are things clearly written by people who've never been to therapy. Mm. And, or if they have rejected it after two meetings and screamed, I'm fine, when they weren't. Their understanding of therapy is Frasier. Yeah, yeah. F- Frasier might have done a better fucking job. Yeah, Frasier didn't do much yelling or berating. <laughs> well, his brother and his father, but you're right, not his patients. And the dog. Damn that dog. Fucking dog. <laughs> It's actually going to be such a shame, too, looking at this from, like, the, the Seven and Janeway are, are good, solid female characters, mm. frequently written by female writers, because they mm. had Jerry Taylor and Lisa Klink as two of the top-level writers on the team. Both of them leave after this episode. <gasps> Oops. What? Yeah, Jerry Taylor, this is the last uh, episode Taylor touched in any way. And then she left, su- supposedly to, to be with her, fa- to do more with her family oh or something. Oh my god. Yeah, it sounds like she got bermond out of there. Possibly. And Clink says she left because they, they didn't give her a chance to do more with the female characters. I believe that. That Oof. tracks. Oof. Though being fair... Clink's track record isn't always perfect. I remember there was an episode where I was like, God, a man had to have written this one. And you were like, nope, oh, Lisa Clink. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, whenever someone, be it politics or entertainment or whatever, spend more time with my family has never been true. Like, mm. ever, I think. Maybe the first time somebody said it. Yeah. Elogium was a good comeback story, though, wasn't it? What was it? Oh. <laughs> oh, Elogium. <laughs> Fuck, Jake. <laughs> It's because, okay, Elogium is one where Kes goes into heat and her back is where the baby goes. And it's like, oh, come back. Gross. Good, good. We we traveled there with Jake. Thank you, Jake. I brought you all down to my level now. Semi classy episode. (laughs) Oh, God. All right, anywho. um, Yeah. So, wait, are we going to see any other women? Like, are there any other women left on the staff after those two leave? I don't know if there are any on the staff. I know they're going to bring... After this, they bring in... Oh, fuck, we just talked about him. The guy who did Pushing Daisies. Oh, Fuller. 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 They bring in Brian Fuller next season, Mm -hmm. and they bring in a couple of the DS9 writers. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're going to get more to do, but I can't think of any other main women writers on the staff. Possibly, like, some, you know, guest writers, people who pitch stories and shit. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And I don't Fair know enough. how it goes, really, because this is right about where I stop. Like, sometime in the middle of season five is when I stopped watching, so we're getting into completely unknown territory. I mean, there's a lot of strong stuff to come, uh, mm-hmm. just in terms of good episodes, but... Yeah, some of my favorite episodes are still coming yeah, and they And they do a ton with Janeway and Seven. Like, they kind of become the stars. Oh, well, you know that Rick Colby, who's one of their frequent directors... Dating Kate Mulgrew really? and oh. Brian, Brandon Braga, the series lead writer, dating Jerry Ryan. Awkward. So it really kind of does become like the Seven and Janeway show with guest star The Doctor. I feel like that's kind of why I stopped watching. Yeah. And there's a lot of good mm. stuff, and it'd be interesting seeing it through the lens of, oh, they just... Don't they don't have any female writers anymore? Like how how mm. well it actually is, or if it's just uh, rose tinted glasses. Yeah. 
Well, like rose tinted what asses, you... am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, what did you guys think of Velocity, the sport? It, it looked, looked like fine. Tron with phasers. Laser tag? It, looked, it reminded Frisbee me a lot of the, uh, the games yeah. that Picard and um, and Guinan. Guinan. Uh, like kind of a target practicing, uh, but yeah. with but dynamic. But also it attacks you, yeah. I thought it looked like air hockey, but you're the paddle. Mm. I think it would be. I think it would be a fun VR game. Somebody it should, somebody really should make that for VR. Can you dress up in the little outfit? That's discs of Tron, I think. I think Jake yeah. would look great in that outfit. <laughs> the seven outfit. Yeah, that was a great outfit. It would really for one for just to emphasize your curves. Another yeah. cat suit. I liked it. Yeah. It was weird though. Like the under boob, uh, the reflective yeah. tape, yeah. tape that was like just like contoured the boobs. It was a little like hmm. maybe there was support in there. Maybe. No. maybe. No, what it was is they saw the drawing of the all dark version, and Berman went, "It doesn't emphasize her tits enough." <laughs> I'm Rick Berman, and I'm a monster. Allegedly. Why does he always say he's a monster? Allegedly. You'd think that they would. They stop hiring him. Mm. Chris has feelings. Anything else on this one? Let me check. Oh, I thought that traveling through the slit stream looked like a magic school bus going through the intestines. Yes. (laughs) I thought, so I've always had a fuzzy idea of warp drive and and the actual speed it can, like the distance of the scale of of travel. Mm. Oh boy. So did did the writers. Right. So so something that stood out to me in this case was when they they accidentally tripped the slipstream drive. And they've traveled 15 light years in like a minute. Um, then it, it then says that Voyager, I think it like took it two days to catch up. Yeah, that yeah, high yeah. warp, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that that was like, oh, I actually have a, some idea of the of the amount of time that has passed in their travel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like, um, or is this like you know uh, a nonstop flight to New Delhi from New York, or is this like you know days of travel at sea? Mm-hmm. In this mm-hmm. case, this was actually like stated. It was nice. It it, it helped. That's yeah. good. It was funny because they say, oh, my God, we've gone 300,000 light years. Or in case, is that a lot? And I went, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it is, but I mean 15 light years. But it's like, it is, but it's like, I don't know if it is to them. Yeah. Well, yeah. At the, at the, it was, what, originally it was like 70,000 light years total that they had to cover. Something like that. Something like that. Something that would take over and 70 I think years. At, at the beginning of the episode, when they first got the coordinates and like, oh, okay, we're going to go to those coordinates, you know, and find, and then they found the ship. They said they were it like 10, 10 light, light years. years yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have no idea how long did that take them a couple of Hours? Apparently about a day and a half. Apparently so. Yeah. Well, what's what's interesting about this episode is that because they have the slipstream and they have to chase our tourists back towards back the other way, Borg space. They basically probably are end up retracing most of the distance that they made this season. Yeah. In reverse, and then having to go forward again. Mm. So, but well, though they did say that they were still in the slipstream to get yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. So it's not. Yeah. It was. It didn't. It ended up being kind of a wash. Although it sounded like they made it. They, they a little extra. A little. You got a little extra. Right, because they were in it for a couple hours before something something. Yeah. I at least appreciate that they're like, yeah, no, that we can't do this because it would tear the ship apart. Which I'm like, you don't all buy that because this ship isn't made for that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Did we get into that with the Defiant? Well, yeah. Well, that was because of that was power issues. Yeah, that was slightly different. That was less a structural integrity thing and more a overpowered thing. But you know, like Seven at one point during the episode says that the slipstream is very similar to what the the Borg, uh, whatever the fuck they use, transwarp conduit. Transwarp conduit. So, I mean, Borg ships don't look particularly aerodynamic. So, well, it's not about aerodynamics. Well, we don't know what it is. Like, well, like, there's no air, so. Well, there's there's some. Re- Why did the Dauntless look so 
arrowhead like. The guy wanted to make something that looked like Starfleet but fancy. Pretty. Yeah. It, it does feel like what they would more do. More advanced Starfleet ship. So briefly then, um, figure before we transition, uh, spoilers ahead for Prodigy? So skip ahead if you haven't watched it yet. By the time this airs, we'll, we'll probably be in uh, the next couple of new episodes, mm. which I'm excited about. You haven't about. seen Prodigy yet? I haven't watched Prodigy yet. I don't, think this, is, I don't think this is a big spoiler. I'll live. Yeah, we, we, we see this again. Oh. And, uh, There's your spoiler. That's it. <gasps> what? It, it, it's interesting, though, because one thing I'd forgotten about was the fact that the slipstream apparently involves the magic of the um, deflector array. Sure. Uh, and, no, right. you know, I remember when, a few weeks ago when we were talking about the ships, I had forgotten this, and I was referencing the remark on the fact that it's, you know, it's got a weird multi-stripe deflector instead of a dish or a saucer or a lighting that we've normally seen. And, uh, you know, I wonder how that links into the fact that Prodigy also has, like, a strip deflector instead of a dish or a saucer or whatever. And I know it's using yet another potential drive but i kind of wonder if there's meant to be some sort of thing there like all these advanced drives involve the deflector array in some way nothing but riker's sex drive you know i imagine the you know so like the deflector and his nominal purpose is to deflect bits of space debris so they don't rip holes in your ship yeah so i imagine it can also be used to project the slipstream, right? Yeah, yeah. But that's I kind of... Yeah, like, clearly, with this drive, it's more directly involved. Yeah. Like, with warp, it's a necessity because it's got to get shit out of your way, but it doesn't feel like it's quite as involved in, say, generating the warp field or anything mm. like that. Whereas with yeah. this, it's it's actually actively involved in the actual process of propulsion. And I kind of wonder if that's part of the reason for the different kind of array than what we're used to seeing. I do like how at the end of this episode, Seven's like, yeah, I'm going to keep looking into this shit. Um, mm. because it's like, it's even if it, if it takes you 69 and years, nice. and, yes, if it takes you 69 years and and nine months to figure out how to make this work, it'll still be worth it. Right. Because yeah, if it can get you home months. in three months, you know, it's, it's worth it to keep looking into this. Like, like, that's the thing that, you know, there's been many opportunities where it's like, okay, we've just abandoned looking into this potential technology that could really help us get home but we have fucking 70 years to yeah. figure this shit out nothing and, but time you know and who knows maybe you get home and starfleet still hasn't stumbled across that itself yeah. and they get to futz with it now you know one of the one of the advantages that voyager has being in this situation is that they are going to be able to pick up technology that nobody from the alpha quadrant has seen yeah yeah and you know this is one of them mm. what did you do you must smell like something. Some you, must have like a, you must have like a smell of, of your cats on you or something. I put on perfume before I came, but it's oh, maybe, like some maybe. Bath and Body Works maybe. shit. I don't know why he's loving it so much. I mean, I'll take it. I'm going to be wearing like this. A baby squirrel. I'll be wearing this shit every time I come over from now on. So yeah, I guess uh, we've exhausted that one because Ames yeah. has switched to another card. New card! <gasps> time to talk about night. Welcome to season five, bitches. <laughs> Whoa. We're here in season five. We start things off in the void. Holy shit. What a way to start a season in the fucking dismal blackness of despair. Mm. Boy, did this episode remind me of early quarantine and COVID. <laughs> Holy Christ. So we're here and there's no starlight for, and it's going to be for the next two freaking years that Voyager has to go through this area with no starlight, with no other planets around, just fucking desolation, nothing to do. They have to make sure like they have enough power because there's nowhere to stop for more power. So good. Good luck, everyone. Damn. 
and everyone's trying to stave off insanity. Tom is playing his new VR game, uh, Captain Proton and Satan's Robot, which is fucking adorable. It's great. It's going to be fun. We're going to see more of it, and I'm excited. Harry's writing new clarinet sonatas or something. Tuvok's occasionally doing some... Uh, Meditating med- in the yeah. astrometrics. Astrometrics. Exactly, that's the one, because that's the only place you can see stars, and they're fake. Let's see, Neelix is having a full-blown blown existential crisis, as he's been doing quite a lot lately. So much. Uh, it turns out he has nihilophobia with a fear of nothingness. I don't blame him. Yeah, I was gonna say, who fucking doesn't, though? Like, who... Ooh, sorry, bud. Who... Oh, there it is. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I told you I was waiting for it. I knew it would come eventually. Cat turns on a dime. Um, <laughs> wow. Nihilophobia. Yeah, I mean, who among us could say that when, you know, faced with literal nothingness for two light years. years... Yeah, I feel like, like even I would have trouble with that. But, okay, here's what I don't get. Why don't they just put, like holographic star projections in all the fucking windows. Don't you yeah. feel like that would be real easy for them to do, though? No, there's still, still, there's still nothing to do, though. Well, They're yeah, just sure. looking at it. But I mean, like, that might that offer would... some little... Yeah. But anyway, that's, that's for after I know, I yeah, know, yeah. I so, know. So, uh, and the other thing is, Chakotay is trying to keep everyone doing their jobs and not going fucking nuts because Janeway has been having a two-month-long sulk in her quarters <laughs> because the, the nothingness has, you know haunted her memories and she's saying all of this is my fault for everything that happened in caretaker everyone remembers that episode uh in which i stranded us in the delta quadrant instead of fucking over the ocampa more on that later no one listened to me i'm going to stay in my quarters for the next two years evidently good luck chakotay have fun with the ship this goes on for quite a while of just kind of going along and along and along until suddenly, out of nowhere, there's lots of radiation, which is not fun for everybody, and all the lights all of a sudden go out. So Tom's in the holodeck with Seven in the dark. Mm. Nice. Everyone's like, the dar- the darkness is enveloping everyone. Neelix is having a panic attack. Holy shit. They finally, like, you know, using, like, little wrist-mounted flashlights, which were pretty sweet, they find a couple of aliens who live in this space. Aliens. And they run around and attack people and then flee and all this stuff. And we we figure out we've got one captured and they have ships outside the Voyager. And we're afraid, like, oh, God, they're going to get us or something. They've drained our power, all this thing. When suddenly, our hero of the episode, Emk, (laughs) (laughs) uh, who's a Malon pilot of a waste hauler, he comes in, he shoots these alien ships away. They they beam aboard all their non-injured aliens and they fly off. And Emk tells us, "Hey, what's what are you? What's a nice ship like you doing in a horrible wasteland like this? <laughs> Do you want me to show you a vortex to get the fuck out of here? You'll be out of this space and not have to cross all of it." And Jane was like, "I want that, but let but last time something looked looked this gift horse, I had to look at its mouth. So we actually go check with that injured." Night alien is what the internet calls them. And said, okay, well, we, we just talked with Emp. What, what can you tell us about with this whole situation? And the night alien says, those assholes have been poisoning us with their radiation. Our entire species, who used to live in this void and be fucking happy, are dying of radiation poisoning because the Malon dump all of their toxic refuse in our space. And they give zero fucks. And Janeway says, oh, I don't like this either. But what if we try to save these night aliens and they'll be our new friends and the Malon are actually bad dudes. So they try to convince Emk 
the Malon. How about we show you how not, how not to create all this toxic waste so that you can stop dumping it on these guys who are just nice. And uh, Emk says, that's a, that'll be a great idea. That would revolutionize our people. That would be great, but I'd be out of a job. Wow, the parallels to the coal industry. Neat. Subtle. Mm. Very. I don't want to do that. So fuck you. Either either leave through this vortex or stay here and die with them. Whatever. I'm not. But I'm not doing the thing you requested. And Janeway says, "Fuck. Okay. I want to help <laughs> the aliens, like I did with the Ocampa. Oh my God! It's all coming back to me now. <sighs> what I should do is help our people get through this void. But I should sacrifice myself." I'll not blow up the Voyager for a change. I'll just blow up this vortex on my own and strand myself here. And maybe I'll be the new friend of all the night aliens. It'll be fine. She'll become their, what is it? A, a queen, it dark is, and glorious or something? Both dark Shine? and beautiful. Thank you. All will love me in despair. And despair. Lord, Lord, Lord of the Rings. Rings. Sure, I believe you. And everyone on the, on the bridge is like, no, Janeway, we're not doing this thing you just ordered us to do. And it's the cutest little mutiny. <laughs> it's the sweetest mutiny I've ever seen. Where they all just say, Janeway, we're not we're not going to strand you in the in the fucking wasteland of darkness just because you're feeling bad for start for creating the show Voyager. <laughs> uh, how about we just blow it up on our way out? She says, Okay, let's do that. That's the easiest fucking option yet. Well, Sounds way better. <laughs> Uh, and they do that, and the night aliens help, and they blow up that fucking asshole Emk. So long, dickass. I don't know where they're gonna dump their toxic waste now. Good luck! I mean, they might follow through, find the home world, and be like, here's a scrubber, you idiots. Yeah, but I, I don't think they will. They get to, <laughs> actually, no, we see the mail on in the future, so we'll see. Oh. Uh, they get to the other side of the vortex, and oh, look, the, the, the stars are back out. We're in this beautiful area full of colors, and everyone's happy again. Let's go season five. Mm. Okay. Mostly liked this episode. Ditto. But why did the lights go off on Captain Proton's yeah, ship? That, what the fuck? If the holodeck is... Wor- <laughs> mm, so stupid. I hated it. Otherwise enjoyed the episode. But that was such a fucking... Oh! Yeah, yeah that I was definitely all- concerned. I was like, why are they still in black and white? Yeah, why, why are they still it? on the set in the in the Captain Proton why set and happening? not just the well, they, well, they said that the, that the hologrid was still active. That's right, right, right. But, but the did. program was but the frozen. lights went down. But the program should still be like the light should still be on in the program because yes, that that part didn't make a lot of sense at all. That one thing I was like, are you fucking joking? Aside from that, yeah, another good like look back on where we've been. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I my impression was that Emk was. Not like the 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 void was his little secret. Yeah, that that was not clear at first, but he did say at one point that he cornered like he was saving a ton of money because only he knew about yeah, this. Like, yep. Everybody else has to thing. follow the FDA regulations, but I just dump it all in this pit into yeah. the sewers. Yeah, mm. could picture Bender laughing yeah. uh, over the yeah. No, that is what this is. Manhole this is, covers. Yeah, exactly. Mm. With the killing the pudding aliens. Looked like they were made of pudding. I kind of did, yeah. But really not nice pudding. Like more like an aspic or something. No, no they were made of the skins. Oh. Pudding skins? Gross. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, so this, this uh, I said earlier, kind of made me think of, you know, past instances throughout Trek of the Prime Directive and how, like, it feels like, huh, they're very much getting involved here in a big way. Like they did in Caretaker, really. Although Caretaker was older because they were 
sucked into the situation quite literally. Mm. But it's like, but they chose not to let the Okampa, not let the Okampa die. Yeah, but like you know, this this again, sort of. I know I've. I feel like I complained about this once before back in the day, but, like, it does sometimes feel like the Prime Directive on the one hand is like, yes, let's not interfere and let's not, you know, but sometimes it also just feels like a get-out-of-hard-decisions-free card. You know, it's like, ooh, this is morally objectionable. Prime Directive. (laughs) But in this case, they were like, this is morally objectionable, and you know what? We're getting involved. This is morally objectionable if we don't do anything. Right, but I feel like in the past there have definitely been... I, it's hard to... Of course, I don't, can't think of anything specific right now, but like I feel like there have been times where it's just like... Yeah, like you said, it's morally objectionable to not get involved, but they're just like, oh, we're going to hide behind the prime directive. Symbiosis or, something something. I'm sure there's something in there. Yeah, that you was, know... That was a really prime directive a heavy episode. Yeah, and I mean, again, it, that's why I felt like it was hovering there. I was waiting for somebody to bring it up, and no one did. And I'm like, well, it's nice you're not trying to hide behind it for once. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially makes sense here because, well, I guess not necessarily. There isn't a clear difference in technology between the Malon and the Night Aliens. Yeah, no, if anything, they, Night Aliens, their their dampening system seems pretty uh Pretty advanced. sophisticated. Like, I feel like everyone's kind of on par here. But, mm. yeah, and also, again, even though this wasn't officially a two-parter, I feel like thematically, like, they only explicitly state that she's kind of thinking about the Ocampa situation and feeling bad about that, but it still feels like it could have also been somewhat... Like, we don't know how long this... It took them to get to the void after the last episode. Mm-hmm. But let's assume not very long. And part of it also might be, you know, the stuff Arturis said to Arturis said to her kind of also weighing on her mind. Like Oh, for sure. You know, I feel like it works together really nicely. Mm-hmm. Just like I feel like that could also be part of it. She's like, Oh God, what have I been doing? Yeah. I actually thought that this episode could have been a two parter. Not this this episode, just this story but have a little void story i would have liked some more time in the void because it seems very Mm. interesting we -hmm. didn't get a lot with the void aliens we jump in and it's already been two months yeah thank you jake you know i would have been more interested i I don't know i just feel like the episode like it felt like two episodes like the first half felt kind of like a horror thriller type thing happening and the second half just felt like a standard star trek morality yeah help the help the, the aliens story yeah. And I think it could have been stretched a little longer to give more breathing room to some of this stuff. I felt like the, the resolution came very quickly at the end. Yeah, I guess I feel like you're right, but also I kind of wonder if they could have yeah, what stuck is, the landing. What is your story mm-hmm. if it's just about nylophobia? I don't know. Or like maybe maybe they get hunted or maybe you know they, there's more conflict with the... Uh, night aliens? With the night aliens. Before be- we learn their side of the story? Yeah, before huh. we get that, before we have a common ground. Well, so, while I was watching, I was I was particularly interested, like, I was hoping for more of what the first half of the episode was doing. And I started to just poke around, like like you do for fun, in um, PubMed and, <laughs> and, you know, medical publications about the effects of open ocean crossings on Ooh. sailors. Oh, that's interesting. And, I mean, there are definitely, like, because that's basically what's happening here. They're 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 crossing the open ocean, but it's space, and so there's just nothingness there. Which is the same, like you're crossing the open ocean. There's nothing but blue in all directions. At least when you're crossing the ocean on Earth, you have the sun that's helping yeah, you. Yeah, you have stars. You actually have stars. Yep. They have nothing. Um, they have sensors. <laughs> yeah, which are boring. <laughs> as I said, like if it weren't for the sensors, we wouldn't even know we were in warp. It was a good line. Good reminder line. Yeah, yeah, that was a nice little. I thought that was a nice little touch. But, so, like, you know, where I first dove in was crossing the doldrums in the Age of Sail, which is, like, you know, that 
the where trade winds cross and you can end up being becalmed at sea and there's no wind and you're oh, stuck yeah. out there. And then there's like back then there was a really high risk of scurvy, you know, because you just run out of food. But in, just in general, even in modern day, there's still, you know, there's the feelings of isolation. There's the feelings of being trapped. You know, whatever the weather changes are, you're stuck where you are. The environment is the same. It's unchanging. You're stuck with the same people. Cabin fever kicks mm-hmm. in. You start. To, you might. You might start getting aggressive. You might start getting angry. You might have a delightful song and dance number have, with Tim Curry. You might have Muppets. You might have Yay. an outbreak of Muppets. Yeah. Like there's still cabin fever. There's still like strict rationing, you know, in play. Uh, I read about some incident. I think in like coming out of Vancouver, like the port of Vancouver, where I think the ship's cook and some other crew crew member had attack started attacking other crewmates because like it was just the psychological side effects. Well, the cook, of course, was seeing everyone as big cartoon turkey legs. Yeah. Mm. Yes, Delicious. absolutely. Uh, other side effects: depression, loss of appetite, sleeping problems. Your circadian rhythm can be disrupted. Mm-hmm. The stress of the uncertainty of things, because you know, even with modern technology, crossing the open ocean, you don't know what could come up, and there's no help for miles. Yeah, wasn't it this episode where a lot of the episode, the, the, the characters were hanging out in mess hall at three a.m. and they're yeah. like, "We don't know they what don't time know what it is anymore." Exactly. Which, I'll admit that was all something. I was like, guys, you. You don't have a sunrise and a sunset regardless of where in space you yeah, are, so the, that was a little weird. The ship is really setting it, yeah. But there's probably, there, there's got to be some psychological component. Oh, sure. There's the knowledge sure. that, you yeah. know, we're completely alone. Yeah. Yeah, that somewhere nearby there's going to be a, there's going to be some planet or other, some port where we'll pull in. And here it's mm-hmm. the knowledge that there is absolutely nothing. So, I mean, oh, hallucinations, that's another thing that kicks in. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And that's when I got to learn about, uh, what's it called? Something Morgana, Fata Morgana, like Horizon Hallucinations, Ooh. which is where the the ship, the Flying Dutchman, is purportedly comes out of oh. because oh, because the way the way light sunlight will reflect, it has to hit the right temperature on the water. So there's like basically multiplied reflections across pressure systems or something, and it looks like there's like a wall or a ship or something on the horizon. And I was like, well, this is all, they could have pulled something from out of here to have something interesting, a hallucination or the possibility of something, you know. But then again, it would have been another do we detour or not plot, so maybe not. Hmm. I think on the one hand, like, I kind of appreciate that we didn't spend too much time here just because part of me is like, wait, so these night dudes, like, do they have a world? How is it sustained? There's not many stars. Yeah. But I'm grateful we don't know. Like, there are so many, uh, so often we have issues just over-explaining stuff, and the explanations are either dumb or unsatisfying or whatever. Yeah, I, it's like, just, I like assuming they just live on those ships. Yeah, but where did they, like, how did they, like, where, you know, you're not, like... Evolution well, takes a long time. <laughs> they had to have been somewhere originally at some point. Maybe they're from outside void, who knows? They've been there for millions of years, this guy says. And, yeah. like, but again, I like not knowing. Yeah. You know, I appreciate okay. that it's like, they, they're, they're just a fucking mystery. Maybe Cthulhu put them there because he maybe, was bored. Maybe they, maybe they had a thriving civilization and they built some kind of technology that destroyed all of the stars around their planets. Oh, I like that. And now they're stuck in, and now they're stuck living, living in the wreckage another, of their society. Yeah. See, it, it's fun. Dis- explosion. Or yeah, something. it's fun to speculate, and I like not knowing. I like, I like, yeah, I like Omega. I, I'm going to blame Omega. Well, that's what I was going to say, but that would have fucked up warp. That's true. Warp is working, so oh. it can't. Because I was about to say, oh, the Omega. No, wait. So maybe it was its cousin, the the high part of I don't know what comes before Omega in Greek. Alpha. No, Alpha's um, the first letter. What's the next to last letter in the Greek alphabet? Oops. Epsilon. 
Yeah. There we go. Yeah, so one thing I actually like thought was very interesting about this episode, because the look of it had to be very different because it's in the fucking darkness. So yeah. like the Viz team basically had to say, Here's Voyager, but we have to act like it's only lit by its own lights. Yes. Which it was a cool. nice effect. Mm. I liked that a lot. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel like just throughout Trek in general, we unfortunately don't get enough fun self lighting moments like that. You know, and it, and like a lot of it should be, you know, because even when there's stars around, they're still quite far away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's the truth, right? Is that in reality, unless they were in a star system, there would be no external illumination. It, the, the ship would be basically pitch black except the windows. Yeah, and again, even when they're in a system, it should be yeah. coming from one very specific mm-hmm. direction. Maybe some reflected vaguely off planets and satellites and stuff, but whatever. I think there's actually a, a term for it in, like, filmmaking about, like, the idea that no matter where you are in space, there's always some, like, bright global mm. light source nearby. Mm-hmm. Well, it was kind of like, um, you know, in the running gag kind of with, or the, the sort of the thing you just kind of don't acknowledge with Spider-Man is, like, there's just always a taller building for him to yeah. somehow latch on to. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, he could have jumped off the highest building in New York, but somehow he goes in a different direction and latches onto something. Yeah. The, exp- the, the gag has been that there's just always helicopters just out of you that he's grabbing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good. Well, now it's the 22nd century. 22nd, 21st century. Wow. I don't know what's wrong with my brain. I was drones. Gonna, I was going to crack a joke about drones. Yeah. Dream. Good joke. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I'm Spidey boy. You are doing great. You are doing great. It was a good joke, Liz. No, I miss that. Yeah. But yeah, no, it did look very cool. And yeah. again, it just kind of makes you wish they did stuff like that more often. Yeah, yeah. like the Night Alien ship all looked kind of cool too. They looked a yeah. little like, almost like bioluminescent a little bit. Which would make yeah. sense. Which makes sense, exactly, yeah. Fun even, design Even too. their makeup. It's like, these yeah. are people who live in darkness. That's, that's what they do. Yeah. yeah. Or as I put in my notes, attack of the glitter suit. <laughs> <laughs> For a split second, so we got a better look at them, it was like, oh... It's like a sort of a reddish version of the thing Jordy turned into that time. Oh. Yay. But then you get a better look at them and they're actually putting monsters. Yeah. Very a handsome race. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, wasn't one of them like Mick Fleetwood? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fucking amazing. The Antinians, they were great. The fish. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah though. Eck, what a prick. Emk. 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 Yeah. Emk. He reminded me of, uh, like, D- yeah. David Lynch's uh, Baron Harkonnen. Oh, oh, yeah, he's got the boils good. and the puffy suit. You're right. I, I think that was on there's, purpose. There's Little bits of steam coming out of yeah. it. The collar was, um, was, like, was tickling my brain for something like that. There's, there's some other sci-fi where they had that kind of collar design. Where, like, you just, you could see, like, the fishbowl ready to go on yeah. and lock in. Yeah. There are probably a couple of, a couple of science fictions. Yeah, but no, you're right. I didn't even make that connection. Yeah. But, yeah. What a reprehensible little man. I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Capitalist to the end, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we talked about his ship a couple weeks ago when we, we talked did. about all the Voyager ships. We talked, we looked at that Malon ship and we were trying to like devise, oh yeah, what what's getting, because uh, it's, it's a hauler of some kind, what's getting hauled? The answer was radioactive material. Yeah, I think I, I posited liquid of some kind. And but... it looked yeah, it looked like a gross ship. So it did. It, it did. looked like it was leaking bullshit. Yeah, it was farting constantly with green clouds. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the, the so the interesting thing, I guess, about this show is that it's, it is very unapologetically a commentary about environmentalism. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. This was like Captain Planet levels of subtle. Yeah, yeah. But that's okay. Yeah, no, it's fine. But yeah, I just want to make sure we acknowledge that, like, we're not just ignoring that fact. 
We did understand it. Yeah. Star Trek does this. I'm reminded of the Speed Limit episode of TNG. Oh, oh yeah. except that was terrible. <laughs> or the, why Why do people want to do drugs? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you see, Timmy. It makes you feel good. Oh, all right. I'm going to go do some drugs. Wait, yeah. no, come back. I didn't finish. <laughs> Nancy Reagan made me say this stuff. Ugh. So originally, the, the there was an idea to use this void space, and it would have a planet, and on this planet would be the alien equivalent of a King Tut's tomb kind of a thing, oh, no. and all these half-dead flying creature things oh, for sakes. would fly out and attack the ship like locusts. Oh, <laughs> Christ. That sounds great. I mean... Wouldn't be Christ, I guess, if it's we're doing ancient Egyptian plagues. Oh, tut. Oh, wow. Anubis. So glad that didn't happen. Really? Oh, hi. Back, <laughs> back. back for more to kill me. Yes. Yes, I guess. would be, uh, what was the guy, uh, what was the fucking name? Uh, uh, the one from the movie. Emotep? Emotep. Oh. <laughs> Emotep. Okay, then. Our, our good buddy, uh, Admiral Vance is in that movie. He is? Oh, he's hot as mm, fuck. He is a pretty sure man. Is. Uh, they gotta now that he's like back. They gotta get Brendan Fraser on a Star Trek. Oh, I totally tune into that. Same, because I know Chris is gonna want to talk about this. We get our first fucking uh, views of Captain Proton. Oh yes, yes it's, it's very very silly because it's in black and oh, white. Oh my which god, that they've, is... they've established the holodeck can't do black and white earlier, but now they can. Fuck Wait, it. They did? Wait, they did. And there was some. I don't think it was in the show. I think there was an episode of Deep Space Nine that they said, or maybe TNG that they said should be in black and white, and then oh. someone said the holodeck wouldn't do black and white. That's more. Why basement. wouldn't the holodeck? Why not? Well, it's what, just light. Yeah. Well, I can imagine it could do black and white, but how does it make Tom and Harry? And yeah, it's a little weird, but you know, I... lenses and um, light. They just have uh, a lot of makeup oh, on. Oh, no, no, no. Actually, wait a minute. So uh, when you go deep... So, like, there is a way, sort of, when you go deep enough underwater, you start losing colors. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. if light is... Um, affected in a certain way. Like, I remember I was like 70 feet under in a submarine and the color red went away. Like, you couldn't oh, see. You could see other colors, but the color red wasn't getting through anymore. I want to hear so, your submarine story, Kate. Oh, I mean, it was like some bullshit on a vacation. It sounds fun. Yeah, I, I didn't like it. To Damn be honest, it. I was claustrophobic. I didn't, I'm not big on, on that. Yeah, but that's cool, I do remember specifically that they were like, oh, and now here we are, 70 feet underwater or whatever, and you can't see the color red anymore. And I was like, holy shit. I wonder if that's because, like, like just the water filters, like all the all that light. Mm. Yeah, it's got to be something. Yeah, so like I filtration. Guess it makes sense. But I mean, if water can do that, yeah, the starship can figure. it I out. I would think that there would be a way, considering the entire holodeck is light. Yeah, yeah. I also wonder if like maybe it's just like water. projecting like a <laughs> very thin layer on all of their skin. And oh, yeah, that would have been my next guess. If they can put Lily Sloan in that evening gown, yeah, that yeah. was a, that was clearly they, just they found the technology to do that. <laughs> But yeah, no, I love it. It's so... It's so camp that they, it's fun. They really nail the, like, bad 30s everything. Mm-hmm. The robot's a joy. I, I yeah. love I love when Seven disables yeah. the robot. I love that. That was really funny. I am Borg! <laughs> <laughs> the robot is disabled. Can I go now? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I there's... I love that robot, though. There's actually a particular, I, I think, want that costume. <laughs> Character, it's it, they're they're kind of. I'm mean, obviously there's some a lot of Flash Gordon in there, mm-hmm. but his look specifically, uh, there's some kind of character with like the leather jacket and jetpack combo thing that he's kind of got going on. You mean besides the uh, Rocketeer, yeah, no, there's one 
an actual like, old like ass. An actual predecessor. I think it's in my yeah. my my book, like what the original like Rocket Man. Yeah, was. I can't think of the title right now, but Mystery Science Theater actually did some of the portions of it yeah. back in the day. The guy wore this terrible bullet shaped helmet. Ah. So just giving Tom goggles was a better choice. Perfect. But yeah, I assume the Rocketeer also took a lot of inspiration from that guy. Uh, it was Captain something. Captain Meteor, maybe? King of the Rocket Man. And its successors, Commando Cody, and Com- later the Rocketeer. Commander Cody, yes. That's who he was. But yeah, he had like the same kind of thing going on. Yeah, I, I like did. his Rocketeer pack. And yeah, yeah. I, I like that his phaser actually worked once she turned off the safety prototocols, but it still had like a goofy 1930s ring effect and not a Oh, I didn't notice beat. that. Yeah, it had like oh, this shit. cheesy, old-timey effect. Well, it, it does seem kind of odd that... Seven could just be like disable safety protocols and it just it works immediately. Uh, yeah. I that I mean that's gotten to be such a thing. Like that that was actually that was a recent gag in uh, Lower Decks, huh. where just like disable safety protocols, done, mm-hmm. not even a thing. Because yeah, I always figured it would be like you need like command clearance. level clearance yeah, yeah, to do yeah. that. Because it's maybe because they were clearly in some sort of crisis mode. King Rockman is amazing. That's an amazing bullet helmet. It's all right. oh, That's God. amazing. That's like, but yeah, he's even got the like little control pack on his chest. I think Tom had the same one with like the big three buttons. He oh, looks so. like an early Cyberman mixed with kind of. first ma- like yeah. first round Iron Man. But yeah, but clearly Emperor Chaotic or Doctor Chaotica there, which was a slightly deorientalized uh, Ming the Merciless. Yeah, yeah. Um, the robot was great though. Very just chunky, awful '30s thing. Guy in a suit. Yeah, we're Without a sense planning. of aesthetics. Noodle arms. Mm-hmm. Yes, which he switched him off the arms and went, wow. <laughs> you almost wish they put a cheesy accordion sound effect in, kind of. Yes. But things were too serious at that point. Too serious for accordion arms? Never. We will actually see, I mean, we already talked about it, we will actually see the ship proper in a future episode. Hmm. I'm excited. I thought oh, that was fun. fun. Yeah, no, they're, they're yeah, For a like, second, I was like, oh, is it, am I joining them for this episode? Oh, I'm not. Okay. Well, it's have to come back. Yeah, but of all the of all the holodeck stuff they've introduced, this is up there is just too good for once Tom's obnoxious twentieth century obsession comes in handy. Yes. I have a question. Why does the doctor even need a proper holodeck to do what he wants to do? Apparently when he's turned off, he's aware, we found out last episode, yeah, in which a is voice. fucking horrifying. Yeah, it is horrifying. Who programmed well, we know who programmed but, that. What is wrong with Zimmerman? Bots. <laughs> Except but also, in which episode was it? Living Witness. He said he has no, yeah. There's it, no passage of time for him. Yeah, complete contradiction. That so was they also a backup. Both, they can't that, both be true. Oh, that's true, that was a backup. Yeah, so maybe on you're the right, backup right. unit he's not running, but in Voyager he does. Yeah, I guess yeah, so. It's, yeah, but like, why would, you, why would you do that? Why would you program it to be aware if you weren't going to yeah. let it? That's like some Black Mirror shit. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just like a, yeah, no, I don't know. There was something Chakotay says when he's trying to get Janeway to stop being a mope. Mm-hmm. And he says, I've been scrimping and saving all my holodeck time. I've almost got three hours. And I'm like, holy shit, how do you have so little holodeck time? It seems like Tom uses three hours a day. I would Tom, imagine. Tom just makes Harry give him his time. Yeah, he probably That's why they're always there together. together. 
They pool it. Oh, that it's makes like sense. lunch money. Although many episodes ago, early, early episode, I think, wasn't Tom like doing some kind of gambling on the side for people's holodeck oh, time yeah. or something? Yeah. Was it holodeck time? Or, no, or it replicator, replicator rations. I bet you could trade replicator rations for holodeck time. It also could be that the you get less per now since they're in the void and energy's at a premium. Well, yeah, plus there's like 140 people and two holodecks. But I mean, the everybody's holodeck, going to get some time. The holodecks are on a different energy grid. But yeah. also, Chakotay... Still using energy, though. Chakotay is definitely the kind of person who would give up a lot of his holodeck time. And oh, that's, that's true. And would voluntarily that's be like, all right, I will accumulate mine slower so that everybody else accumulates theirs quicker. Well, especially because he's got sweet, sweet space drugs in his, uh, in his quarters and he can just get space oh, high anytime. That or, alternately, he's uh, he actually was using a lot of it and originally, just to build endless hollow tubs. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to keep Pro- up, keep up your practice. You program Chakotay yeah. zero one, and it's just just so many tubs, tubs all the way down, just stacked. It's like fucking <laughs> Wally's trash towers, but it's tubs all the way up. Taborama. Except it's Chakotay. <laughs> Oh, we also get a Chakotay Tuvok scene, and they bring up, like, the two of us yeah. don't have scenes an awful lot, do we? I'm like, oh my god, no, you guys don't. We're, we're gonna, again, <laughs> pretend we don't like each other, I guess? Yeah, because we really don't like each other, remember? I guess that's how the writers are retroactively justifying why we don't have a lot of scenes together? I mean, I could sort of understand, you know, Tuvok did kind of... Well, spy spy on train. Him Here's the thing: I can totally get them not getting along, but the show's very inconsistent with it. Oh yeah, it's it like every it. so often there's like we still don't like each other much. I guess. Yeah, well, no, script I... tells us so. Yeah, like that thing. It's a thing that I feel like would totally been a great thing to explore, but they don't really explore it. It's just every right. so often it's like we're gonna look sideways at each other. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the show completely abandoned any semblance that there's going to be conflict between the Maquis and Starfleet crew. Yeah, yeah. from the get go, except so. Seska. Yeah, we all love Seska. <laughs> yeah. Seska can be awful, but everybody else is friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do like the... I could, I... Guys, I think I'm. I think I ship Chakotay and Janeway, which is a Whoa. thing I don't say. I, like I don't. I don't. I don't. There are very few ship. of you. Doors over there. I don't know. But the thing is, the thing is, it's like a half ship. It's like it's like barely floating because I think part of it is like. But it, I would also. It would also be satisfying to see like see it be one sided and see that addressed. Is, is it? Is it? I think they just have good chemistry. Is it a full ship, or you just want them to kind of fuck already and break the tension and never do it again? I don't think I want them to. F- I don't. I don't think I actively like want them to specifically fuck. Okay. I just feel like Chakotay like really wants Janeway to take care of herself, and he doesn't do he's it like a, he doesn't him, yeah. do it in like an overbearing way. He's just he's like, Chakotay. listen, you're yeah. gonna come out with me, and we're gonna have a good time, whether you like it or not. I'm not gonna take no for an answer. Come on, grumpy. And I think you know? it's mainly yeah, it's mainly Chico- like Chakotay's like the way the way Robert Beltran plays it. Like, he, he just, I feel like he's always, like, you know, there's always a twinkle of admiration when he's looking at Janeway. I think that's what does it. Yeah, he cares. Because I feel know? like Janeway would just be like, well, that sounds nice, but, mm, no. He was probably like... I must he, punish myself. He said this, Caitlin. He was the best one to find Neelix having his crisis. Oh, that's oh, cool. Because yeah. he would never, like, you feel like Paris would be like, yeah, I found Neelix sobbing like a baby. <laughs> And anyway, I'm going to go like, work on a car. Tuvok would just everything. walk by him. Yeah. <laughs> I have more important things to do well, right okay. now. What you Here's have to thing. do is suppress this. Oh. What he would do is just like, hmm, this is a crisis situation. I must cut to the chase. He just neck pinches him and drags him to the fucking, yeah. strops him on a bio bed. He is your problem now. And walks off. That sounds right. Harry would just fidget because he would want to do something but wouldn't know what. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Harry would have a, a, a bigger panic attack in response. <laughs> You'd be like, this, this is more <laughs> oh, confusing than my boners for uh, seven. I'm going to go. But yeah, Chakotay, he finds him. He helps him up. He's like, come on, buddy. It's okay. I don't know. I, feel like, I like Chakotay. I feel the like, one, yeah. like, I don't feel like they're using him effectively. Just mm-hmm. like I don't think they've ever written Janeway consistently, aside from her desire to like blow the fucking ship up. She loves that. Chakotay <laughs> uh, is definitely one of the more consistently written people just because he always seems to give a fuck yeah I think the yeah. thing with Chakotay because a lot of people say like you know they they, they do Chakotay pretty dirty because he doesn't get to be much of a character I think it's that his character has like such a more like gentle he's nuance. a soft he's touch he's a yeah. support he's, yeah. he's, he's supportive to everyone around him which like he is a consistent but subtle character. he's the support yeah. Balana's a tank Tom's the DPS <laughs> oh and uh, also I said this this has nothing to do with what we're talking about good, but I was good. talking to um friend of the podcast Sam and I was saying speaking of people that should bang I don't actually believe that there's any way that Tom Paris could be getting fucked Klingon style and not be beaten the shit out of because he like mm. we always see them together nary a scratch I just well, don't buy maybe, it you know maybe Belana doesn't do the whole yeah. she doesn't not go full wolf. Klingon she's know? half but one she's half Klingon and two she seems really uncomfortable with her Klingon heritage she's mm-hmm. yeah I mean she she she's she she barely knows any Klingon like she doesn't yeah. seem to have that much of a connection with so it. maybe she doesn't you know let herself get into it as much. Now she is Latina, so she be he should be a little bit bruised. That's what <laughs> I mean. Listen, from yourself to God. Just so we're clear, listeners. <laughs> in case you've missed episodes where Liz has mentioned it before, she's Latina. She can say that. The rest wow, of us can't. thanks for singling me out, Chris. Well, I just need to like <laughs> keep us from getting angry, angry letters. Yeah. Yeah, like all the all those letters that we get. <laughs> Look, this would, with our luck, this would be the one episode that blows up for some reason. <laughs> and we'd have the goddamn anti defamation league on our backs. So anyway, about the Mexicans. No. Oh my god. Oh my god. Side oh my god. note, I find uh Chicote actually kind of attractive. He's grown on me in a big way since oh, the start really? of this series. He's got very it's pretty very eyes. upsetting. Mm. I enjoy him very it's much. That, t- that tender demeanor. Yeah. His tattoo is particularly dark this week. They've really got to get more consistent with that. Oh, well, it's night. Mm. I oh, bet he's. Shame. I bet he's a very generous lover. I mean, tattoos do <laughs> fade over he time, so time. maybe he has to keep getting it. Like, oh, maybe got to touch yeah. it up. Yeah. You know, what? he might have touched it up. That's true. That is a yeah. thing. Um, <laughs> maybe he's just extra moisturized. This maybe week. it's not a tattoo. Maybe it's just henna that he has to do like every every week. It's his. It's his, it's his dark secret. No one can know. Some days it's his not so dark secret. <laughs> it's There's the joke. Getting lighter. He's actually got that like rave club UV ink in there too. So like Ooh, when they hit black cool. light, it just really pops. That'd be great if like when the when the power went out, like only his his tattoo was glowing, <laughs> <laughs> like a cartoon where all you can see are the floating eyes. Yeah. You just see his floating <laughs> tattoo. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. Just on the broader topic of Chico, yes. I feel like he does not have throughout the show. He doesn't have any arc. He's just yeah. him the whole yeah. time, and I think, and I feel like that's where they kind of do a disservice. Right. Yeah, it's like how we always say, like we can't picture him in the maquis. Yeah, no. because he's just like he's like he's he has lots of integrity. That's what so we know much. about him. He's got a lot of integrity. He's a wants to do the right thing. 
And that's <gasps> like and in that's, my fanfic story. Yeah, yeah. Mm. you know what it is? I, maybe that's what it is. He joined the Maquis because of his integrity. Immediately realized there was a bad fit, but damn it, he made a promise to these people. Yes, I'm so I guess now I gotta work here. So this is what happens when you when you start with a premise of a character of this character's whole thing is that he's this ethnicity, mm. and then yeah. anything about him is gonna be that ethnicity, and then the moment your consultant turns out to be bullshit, and you have to abandon that aspect of any of any story arcs. I mean, you don't actually have to abandon that in no, the first place because you could have just gotten a real consultant after that. Yeah. Um, but even then, thing. maybe you should sit and look at what you've done and be like, well, maybe I should find other things about this character to, because he's a human being. I, I am, oh God, imagine being the poor bastard. If they'd gotten a proper consultant, the poor bastard standing there's like, all right, how do I fix all of this? Yeah. Yeah. A coochie what now? God damn it. <laughs> A charcuterie board or whatever it is that people think when I say charcuterie. <laughs> That's what he's trying to say. That's been a meme on the internet of like people not being able to pronounce charcuterie, so it becomes like shark coochie board or something. <laughs> like that. Can somebody please do a shit posting meme with with uh, doing that meme with with Chicote? No, that feels racist. But a coochie moy is just a made up. Didn't it's already it? racist. Yeah, it's, it's it's racist to begin with. Doubling I mean, down on your racism doesn't uh, remove the yeah, racism. Yeah, you're just getting into hipster racism at that point, mm. honestly. Fair point. Because because the people who are be who the racist the racism was was originally about are just still sitting there like we're still. All right, there's gonna be some this? kind of made up Star Trek word that sounds enough like charcuterie that we can do this though. Oh, for sure. Kapla. Sure. Yeah, something something in Klingon for sure. Chapak. Mm. 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 A couple of minor um, final notes. So Janeway's moping all episode mm. until there's aliens to shoot with guns. And then all of a sudden she swoops in out of freaking nowhere. Yeah. How did she even hear about it? <laughs> well, Get out of the way, gentlemen. She's, she's I mean, she just, the lights went off. She knew something was up. And she was like, fucking yes. I, I, can, I can distract myself from my sadness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that really snapped her out of her funk pretty damn quick. It did. Too, she was, it didn't come up again. No. <laughs> no. She was just so excited to fuck something up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were just going to say, she was just so excited to fuck. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> it was so funny because, like, the lights went out. So she, like, got her jacket on, grabbed a gun. Lights went out. Chakotay apparently started to undress because he was just in his undershirt like she'd been earlier. Was he getting ready to meet some new aliens? I think it was. He's, like, was oh, he's getting ready. Well, I gotta get my dick out. We've never met these people before. <laughs> this might be a first contact procedure. Zip. <laughs> ah, favorite running gag. Oh, speaking of, Cat um, <laughs> is grooming his crotch. Thank you. That's very nice. <laughs> Facing directly uh, toward Caitlin. This, I think he's hazing me right now. <laughs> oh God, he's gonna any second. He's gonna. <laughs> hey, this has been both wonderful and terrifying. I'm like. You. Uh, own ass. It's horrible. <laughs> Stop eating your own ass. No, he's fine. He's fine. Is he though? No, I mean, but he's, <laughs> he's, it's he fine. He can do it somewhere else is the thing. He's very present today. Oh yeah, I don't know what I did. He just likes how I smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that, it's that bed and body, bath, bed, bed, bath and beyond. <laughs> what was bath and body works? I don't I know. I think that's what I said it was. Yeah, yeah, bath and body works. What else does anyone else have to say about night? Um, Good night. Uh, I, I think Neelix is becoming the uh, O'Brien of the series, and I'm here for it. He, he gets he gets tortured. He's mo- constant more than trauma. Kim. This is yeah, Kim interesting. Gets it a lot too, though. Like Kim didn't have a fucking uh, like anxious like panic attack. And as Chris mm. pointed out to me, Neelix is hyperventilating on one lung. 
So it's probably yeah. even worse. It's got to be especially bad. Why haven't they made him another lung yet? Oh, but yeah. Because now he's got like a little zip pouch so he can like store stuff. In there. <laughs> <laughs> that's where he keeps the onions. Yeah, that's right. Pull me the lung of holding. <laughs> but yeah, no, good episode I thought overall. Yeah. Yeah, I was into it. Yeah. I like the look. I like the darkness. Again, I appreciated, like, again, whether they meant it or not, it felt like it followed on thematically from the end of the last season without it being a an actual literal two-parter. Mm-hmm. I liked Janeway's uh, sassy retort, time to take out the garbage. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, 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 it's groan-inducing, but also perfect. I was like, no, you can have that one. Good for you, Janeway. You found, you found a great line. <laughs> I mean, she pulled a James Bond. She, I was like, about to say, it was murdered and Bond whipped. Song. Oh, I think she quipped and murdered. Either way, though. Murder, yeah. It's like, you know what? You, you, you've while, while you've been feeling shitty for two months. You you take you this. You already know she's want. feeling better. She's <laughs> She's got some work. Have a little play. murder and quip as a, as a treat. As a, as a, treat. <laughs> <laughs> a little general order 24. Oh, well, our treat this week, they found the segue. Oh. Uh, we all, we've also got a treat because as we've just wrapped up season four, Ooh. we wrap up our seasons by looking back and doing a little season wrap up and picking out our top and bottom threes from the season. Season four, interesting season. I thought there was a lot of good stuff this season. Yeah, honestly, I feel like it was a pretty strong season. Yeah, strong season. I think usually we've been we've been starting with tops because hey, I'm hey. because I'm a cruel overlord. So who wants to start with their tops? I'll go. Go do it. Do it. Do so it. mine are from from third to work first. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, message in a bottle. Good times with the EMH and Andy Dick being not insufferable, or just the right amount of insufferable. Yeah, appropriately insufferable. Yep. Living witness. Word. Voyager does the mirror universe without the mirror universe. And Mortal Coil. Yes, I was hoping you were going to say Mortal Coil, Chris. I really poor, like Mortal Coil. Poor old Neelix having a badin. Chakotay trying to help him. A much better discussion of faith versus uh, science than that awful, awful, what was it called? Uh, Sacred Ground. Yeah, way better than that. Is that yeah. the one where like, Janeway was talking to... George's mom, yeah. Yeah, Mrs. Costanza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a That's terrible episode. Shit. This is way better. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that one up. That one, that one ended up on my just under, just off the list list. And I was like, someone's gonna bring up Mortal Coil, so I feel okay. Okay, because you're still using mathematics, right, to pick to have your. Well, I grade them. That's what I mean. You're still mathematically correct. Well, I grade I grade them mathematically. I use my mathematics, and then I just apply a curve based on what ones I actually want to talk about. <laughs> oh, okay, there fair enough. Go. Oh, speaking of, I'll tell you what they are right now. Sure. Let's see, let's start. Wait. Yes, yes, the calculating device has, has spat out this piece of paper. Number three. One. So three is one. I really like one. I like seeing seven ha- like coming to terms with being alone on the ship. I like the idea of sticking everybody in cryo for a little while as a way to, to come to like get through things and then realizing that's a, th- there's a reason we don't do this the whole way because it doesn't go well. Good for Seven. I thought she did a great job with that. Number two, uh, Living Witness. Fucking excellent. Like, just good look at fucking evil Voyager, which is fun, but also at how we remember history and how it's fucking flawed. Mm. Uh, Love that. And my best of the season, I'm going to combine them into one because I think it's all one episode, Year of Hell. 
Oh yeah, yeah. We always do two parties as one usually. Yeah. Not yeah, all. unless, it, unless when it's, it's a season break one. We unless don't, it's yeah. uh, Mark Twain. Oh there. god, yeah. <laughs> that was I, a season break one though. I, I believe part one made my top list, and then part two made my bottom list for the next season. And we've been teasing you about it ever since. But when it's a mid-season. They, they didn't, Chris, but okay. Oh, I thought. But when it's a mid-season <laughs> two-parter, we tend to treat it as one. Uh, not always. I think, I feel like, well, there's, there's been a the couple of Deep Space Nine ones. Choice. Yeah. Yeah, Deep Space Nine complicates things. Because those weren't really two-parters. Yeah, that was serialized. Mm. Who else? Oh, I mean, I'm right next to you, so That's I can so go. Do it, do it. In no particular order, I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, One. Yay! Because I really liked it. I liked seeing Jerry Ryan like actually get to do an act, like really do some really good acting. Oh yeah, you're gonna see lots more of her too. I'm mean, well, I don't know if it's possible for me to see much more of her aims, <laughs> but I also chose Mortal Coil. Good choice. And I also chose Living Witness. Also a good. I choice. really really liked Living Witness. It felt very prescient, which is probably unfortunate, but it's still super relevant, mm. and I liked it. I'm still shuffling some around. All right, Jake, you want to go while Liz is shuffling? Sure. All right, so mine in no particular order are Year of Hell, Woo! Living Shitless, and Hope and Fear. Oh, good choice. She liked that one. Oh, so uh, a sweep of Living Witness amongst your regulars. Uh, let me continue that sweep. Yeah. Since sweep it. That's all right. That's what shuffled in. Sh- that shuffled in. So with the, with the disclaimer that I. Shit's shit's been fucked up in my life, so I have so I'm so I'm behind. I miss I have not seen Demon or One, so go I can't back, go back and watch them. both. They're they're all quite good. Yeah, and I and I'm most of the way through Living Witness, but I'm enough of the way through that it made it to my list. Frankly, you can because skip you can skip Demon, but you should definitely watch One. I'm gonna watch skip it. I'm Demon. Gonna watch it's them. gonna come up again in the because movie. I need to watch them so I can listen to you guys. It's true. Yeah, our synopses actually kind of suck. Faithful <laughs> listeners, our synopses are bad. It's true. <laughs> But yeah, okay. So I mean, uh, yeah, I'm gonna say no particular order because because I'm shuffling everything. I have I have Living Witness, Hunters, and Mortal Coil, and I, I I mainly liked Hunters because because of just the 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 human drama of the letters. Yeah, I love the letters scene. That's a good point. Was that the um? Wait, was Hunters the, the in introduction of the Herogen? The Herogen, while also they were getting the letters from the yeah, Alpha yeah, Quadrant. Yeah. And just like, yeah. Yeah, um, and each person had a different reaction to their letters, and, and Janeway just, got broken up with. I loved that. I fucking loved it. Was that I, also when they were hunting the 64296? No, no, that's Craig. Oh, oh, that's, that's right. right. That's right. the next one. I that, made that, that was Tony Todd. We were talking about this. Yeah, and I right. love Tony Todd, so like if. <gasps> Tony Todd! He's great. He's um, Honorable mentions for Year of Hell and the Killing Game, actually. Which Ooh, one was the like Killing Game? The Nazis. Game. The, the video games, two part Nazis. Oh right, right, right. Two part Nazi, Nazis. Right, right, right. Um, because I liked, I liked the, the parallels they were drawing with. I mean, one like the parallels they were drawing with the Herogen themselves, and and mm-hmm. then the fact that that the anti second in command still didn't get it when it was being said right at him. Like it didn't, it didn't click, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to double down on this bad decision." Yeah, and it all just went to hell, and then suddenly there are Klingons attacking Nazis, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. So honorable mention. Ghoulies, yeah. I thought very strong season. I had a whole lot in the higher ranks of my rankings. Yeah, I had trouble. Like, even the episodes that are in my bottom three, like, I'm like, I can still find good things about them. Mm. Yeah, well, let's talk about the bottom threes. Yeah, I so I, I had trouble coming up with three that I actively like. I can't, very easily found yeah. two that I was like, fuck both of these I forever. The, I wonder if they're the same two that I... Finding a third was really hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there were same very, two. there was something yeah. I kind of was like, oh yeah, that one was... Fine, but yeah. inoffensive. So, like, honestly, my my number three could have been 
almost any of those. Yeah. So rather than go with sort of the most mad, I think I went with the one that I th- was sort of the most disappointed by. Good, good. And that I felt like it just didn't achieve all it could have with its premise. An underachiever. Yeah, so that's the like caveat Tom. here. Like, this is not an awful episode. It's just like a... We're just disappointed in it. I, ho- I was hoping for more. Like, it's still one I might watch again someday just for shit. I seriously know? can't figure out what one you're talking about. I want about. to know. But the other two are like, I will probably never watch these again. Uh, so number three, The Killing Game. What? Interesting. Wow. I was wow. underwhelmed. I, I really think it needed a second pass. Okay. Um, I heartily disagree, but I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, I just feel like the whole... More Nazis. The (laughs) Alpha's idea wasn't presented until the second episode, I think, or very late in the first one. I don't remember. I just feel like they didn't lean on that enough, and the conflict it created within his own people enough. And as I said when we talked about it, I think they spent too much time on the setup and should have cut to the chase a little faster. Oh, and one thing I meant to mention before, just a little uh, honorable mention to Vis-a-Vis. As a, a dishonorable mention? Neither, because on the in the episode, I said, I am going to have forgotten this episode by the time we get to our <laughs> rankings. Like, I will go through the list and go, what the fuck? Oh, that one. So it won't make my bottom because it will be completely, unforget- completely forgettable. I was wrong. Oh, wow. I had forgotten the episode by the time I got to the edit. <laughs> like, it was like, today's episodes are blah and vis-a-vis. I was like, what the fuck was vis-a-vis? Oh, that one. So yep. I forgot it very fast. Amazing. So the actual bad episodes concerning flight. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, only number two bad? Well, because <laughs> here's the thing. That was terrible. Like, I didn't say it was like two scripts were kind of mashed together and the writers never quite agreed on what should have happened or something. I don't remember anymore. Either way, it was fucking awful. The, none of it made sense. No, Why none was, of it made sense. What, what was that guy's deal with letting Da Vinci do all this stuff unless it was a tech demo, but they never explained so bad. The sunlight, they just go back and listen to our episode, Tom. It was fucking bad. It was bad. But not as bad as the deeply uncomfortable retrospect. Mm-hmm. As I said at the time... Not the platform for something that needed way more subtlety, nuance, adult conversation, like, wow, just unpleasant to watch the whole time, will never watch again, so bad, so bad. Cool, moving on from there, Uh, let me me go off of what Chris just said. Number three bad on my list. Retrospect. Hey, mm-hmm. shocking. But that one is mostly because, granted, yes, the uncomfortable weird shit mm. and the assault and all that stuff. Very uncomfortable. What I'm going to pile onto that Please. is the fucking pseudoscience that yeah. the doctor seems to think is legit. Yeah. And he's like, Seven, let's go into hip- hypnosis for reasons. Yeah, I forgot like, about that damn somehow. it. No, please stop. I'm like trying to already make myself forget the episode existed. I needed to do what Vis-a-Vis did. <laughs> uh, but not was, an unforgettable. What was yeah. my next one? Oh, my next one is unforgettable. Hilarious. Oh, oh wow. Uh, unforgettable, unforgettable just because I thought it was just such missed opportunities to do more interesting things. Totally fair. Like, I wanted to see this relationship bid, uh, bud between Chakotay and his lady friend. Mm. I wanted to see more of what this, you know, means to, like, their brains and stuff. Yeah. And it just felt so superficial that I was bored. Fair. Totally fair. Uh, and I just kept getting distracted that it was Virginia Madsen. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, and number one baddie I'm going to agree is Concerning Flight, an episode I, I am entirely confounded by, except for the fact that all they seemed to want was an episode where Leonardo da Vinci runs around in a plane. Mm-hmm. That's all it was, and it was very dumb. There had to have been a better way to get that. Is there? Does it have to happen at all? Well, no, but if they really? wanted it, they could have tried harder. What do you think, Caitlin? My bottom three are Demon, because it's disappointing. Retrospect, because it's terrible. And Concerning Flight, because it's the fucking worst. (laughs) There we go. Yeah, I had a similar issue to Chris with uh, just having a couple episodes that I really disliked and then a bunch that I'm just like, were middling. Yeah. And it took me a bit to... Suss out. So I actually had a, I had, I had six on my list, wow. but I'm going to narrow it down right now and make a call and say <gasps> that my bottom three are retrospect, concerning flight, and vis-a-vis. Oh, oh good. I'm glad vis-a-vis on the list. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. There's the issue, the, the, the common two, and then we've all kind of got our wild card. Like I guess this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for the record, the other three on my list were, interestingly, not on... Well, one of them was on Caitlin's list, but not on anybody else's list. Waking Moments, Nemesis, and Demon. Hmm. Oh, Waking Moments was the sleep one. That was sleep, the sleep one. Sleep. sleep yeah, I didn't like that one either. That was pretty uh, And, like, Nemesis was like... I was like, I didn't dislike this one, but that one, again, felt like another missed opportunity. I uh, think Nemesis was, like, in the running for my top, it but I don't know if I remember it that well. It was just like... Hmm. I don't know, it was hard for me because I was like, oh, this could have been so much cooler. I've got to admit, also part of the reason I think a killing game made it for me over, say, uh, Prey, which I kind of wasn't fond of, was because I couldn't bring myself to put a Tony Todd yeah. episode in <laughs> yeah. the Tony Todd automatically takes it up He level. elevates it. Yeah, he, like, he honestly kind of skewed the average. Like, I can't do that. We didn't get Liz's bottom three. No, I know, I just wanted to throw that in. We're going to get it now. It. So I also have Concerning Flight, mm-hmm. because I mm, mm-hmm. I never like when, when you have hologram shit going, like, let's just take the hologram out on an adventure. No, we don't need to do that. No, no, no. We, no thank you. And I don't want it to be Da Vinci, even though I, I, I love... Uh, uh, John Reese Davies. Yes, I wasn't sure. I was like Reese Davies, Reese Myers, Reese Davies. Reese Myers is the other guy. I called him Brian Blessed at one point, which is completely wrong. Oh goodness! <laughs> Retrospect, because the moment I realized, like, oh, this is going to be an allegory of of a woman accusing a man, and it's not going to be handled well because it's a very man run show, uh, and it wasn't handled in any kind of like it was better than I expected, but still, hmm. I have Nemesis on my bottom three because Tell us more. I. Just like their newspeak, their their their. their... Oh, see, I loved the newspeak. I... I feel the only thing is, I I loved it so much that it's like, why doesn't this exist all the time? Yeah, and it, that's why it. It, it was weird. jarring for me. It was jarring and clumsy, because it was so completely out of left field for like I guess for the series. Like it just that sort of thing never happens. And oh when you have yeah, that, that annoyed me at the time too. All the way that they talk, I'm like it's it feels like they're trying to they're trying to Mad Max it, and it they don't quite it doesn't quite work for me. And just, I don't know, some of the acting with the way that they handle that dialogue, it just, they, they struggled. Uh, and then I had my dishonorable mention that that got bumped down uh, at some point was, oh, when you mentioned retrospect, retrospect was like, oh, that needed to go on. Waking moments got bumped down to my dishonorable mention. As you, for some reason, early when you mentioned Nemesis, I was thinking, I confused it with the one with the evil hologram. Oh, oh, Revulsion. Yeah. yeah. That was a good episode. Yeah, yeah I know. That's really, what I, I was kind of surprised. I was kind of surprised. Was I was like, oh, I thought it was okay. Oh, that was a great episode. Yeah, no, no. Nemesis that, was Chicote yeah, in yeah. the Soldiers. That one, yeah. That one. That's like 
That's like top five for me. I don't think I hated it. I didn't hate it, but yeah, it, I don't know. I, I, the, the, the language was annoying. I think Liz summed up a lot of my complaints. Yeah, but overall, it was, it was an interesting idea. Maybe it could have been a little bit better, but mm. you know. Mm. I also have one additional one that, that I could, I, it was neither honor, honorable mention nor dishonorable mention. I just have it under mention. It was mention. just mention. Yeah. <laughs> wanted to mention. Uh, my, and my, that's, like my vis-a-vis. Yeah, exactly. The, and for mine is, is message in a bottle mm. because I really like the story. I really like the episode, like as a creative piece. I really hate Andy Dick. <laughs> I really, I hate not. And it's not just him as a person. It's the opposite of Tony Todd. Yes, yeah. he he dragged it down for me because like his 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 performance wasn't even worth it to me. Like I'm watching, I'm like I. I don't like watching you. You're not a pleasure to watch right now. This could have been any annoying. Literally anyone else. It could have been Carrot Top. Oh, oh my god. I probably would have liked it I better kinda, than Andy Dick. I kind of want to see that. I just imagine if, like, Carrot Top had been there, there would just be literally hours of outtakes of him fucking with the props. And be, Carrot, could you please? Just, <laughs> yeah. uh, excuse me, Mr. Top. Mr. Top. Mr. Top. <laughs> actually, it's like a Bajoran. His surname comes first, so it's actually properly Mr. Carrot. It's it, it's like it was almost like you know how the how Newt kept fucking up scenes to play with the slide. Oh, they had alien, to be like, like look, I carrot, please just if you do the scene, we will let you take home a tricorder to use as a puppet for Christ's sake. Oh God, is that all it takes? <laughs> Mister <laughs> Tricorder, Data already did it. I know, but uh... it's not going to stop Mister Carrot. <laughs> Mister, he invented prop comedy, didn't you know? Mm, I think Gallagher was there first. I actually wonder who invented. Anyway. I'm sure there's. I'm Someone sure. Go, probably, probably, yeah, it goes way back to vaudeville. I'm sure. in, in a way, really. Pro, I mean, even slapstick in a sense is probably a variant on prop comedy. Or arguably the Greeks because they had strap-ons for their satyr plays. True. Yeah. Big fucking dicks. Yeah, everybody. Speaking of big fucking dicks, we'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's us. We out. Yeah, so speaking of next week, it's been great wrapping up season four with y'all, but we got more season five next week. Holy Ooh. cow. Uh, the episodes we'll be discussing. Jesus Christ, Jake <laughs> is throwing things. I don't know that episode. It's, it's my favorite. It's going to be tops of season five. <laughs> what happened, Jake? I was pl- He like goofing. threw his glasses I was goofing across the and then I threw my well, glasses What do we floor. get when we goof, Jake? <laughs> we get our glasses thrown Make an floor. ass out of you and you. <laughs> Especially Jake. Uh, anyway, yeah. Episodes next week are going to be Drone and Extreme. Risk, so join us for that. We'll be back on SoundCloud, Google, Apple, all, all the different podcast places. We're there. Wherever the hell you are now. Yeah, you can also read up all, all of these episodes from our tops and bottom lists are going to be up on our Tumblr, sshppodcast.com. You can see them all there. You can add your own. I don't give a shit. Uh, you can also hang out with us on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on MySpace. I don't know why. I've stopped updating it years oh, ago. It- it, it's not a useful platform. But who's in our top eight? I, I, yeah, I, I made us a MySpace page that I've been threatening to do for ages, but it's I don't know what you're supposed to do with it, so I did nothing beyond make it. You're supposed to be friends with Tom. Yeah. That's it. I don't think he's on there anymore since he sold it. Oh, he did sell oh, it. Oh, no, right. Tom. Then there's nothing to it. Yeah, Where can no we joint. be friends with Tom? Twitter. Good. Twitter. All right. Yeah, you can no, also be friends with We're going to have to leave there us. because Elon's going to be the Maybe. Boss. I don't know. He'll probably back out again. Yikes. 
So, yeah, find out if Elon enjoys Twitter or, you know, hang out with us. We're much better. Uh, we'll be back next week. Again, uh, this has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. This has been Jake. This has been Chris. Oh, and Liz. And um, thank you for having me. Thank Thanks you, Liz. for coming, Liz. Thanks for coming. Uh, but it's, it's time to take out the garbage. Y'all gotta leave. Oh. Uh...